You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait, celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 128 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Malisha. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. What's been happening in your world? I, you know what? I've done, I did something this week mm-hmm. that I haven't done for 15 years. What's that? <laughs> I shot with film. Really? I busted out my uh, medium format camera. Oh, during yes. the week and I wow. shot on 120mm film. What I did was wow. I did the shoot at a digital and then at the end I, uh, for one roll, I shot uh, medium format. But the night before I got the camera out, I put it back together. This is a camera that I shot thousands of images mm. on and it's been 15 years well I could not get the back on when I was looking oh. at it the night before so, and it took me a little bit of you know tweaking and then when I a- actually had to uh, load the film on again this is something that I could have done with my eyes closed yes you know 15 years ago because I did that many and how many times did you watch me numbering yes. the rolls and ordering them and yes and but the highlight, I'm going to let you all listen. There is no, I miss this sound so much. I want you to hear <laughs> the shudder of a one the, of the uh, Mamiya Arb. So I'm just going to roll it. I want you to hear. Did you hear that? I heard it, yes. How sexy is that sound? <laughs> Don't you think? Let's do it again. Go on, do it again. It needs saxophone music, Val. Yeah, okay. How hot is that sound? So just and that and and the whole the whole experience. I'm just putting it down because it also weighs a ton. Yes. Um, I had to focus with my own eyes. Oh my god! Focus with your own eyes. Yeah, focusing, going. Oh my god! And then I'm like doubting myself. Had to call the assistant over. I'm like, can you check focus, please? It's like it's sharp. I'm like, I thought it was. I just like had to second guess myself. And it's just like that whole. And then uh, somehow in the whole, in all the moving, I've lost the prism that goes on top of the camera, which actually. Um, so when you look into a medium format camera it's reversed the image is backwards right. and you can get a special viewfinder that actually brings it back to the right way but I've right. lost that so I was looking at the image reversed oh. focusing by hand this whole heavy and then having to <laughs> kept forgetting to wind on because I'm so used to the you know order and then I'm you know <laughs> taking a shot looking at the back of the camera oh yeah there's nothing <laughs> <missing>. <laughs> oh my god but it was such a good experience I haven't sent the film off yet, but yeah. um, I'm very excited. And Valerie, mm. speaking of obsessions, yes, you during the week 
Yes. <laughs> like I'm so impressed <laughs> on your Insta feed, like yes. one o'clock in the morning or something. There I am and there's this macrame, <laughs> magnificent creation that you created. And at first I'm like, oh, she's sharing a post. There's no way Valerie's done that. <laughs> Why would you say that? I just, it just like it, like because you've just started talking about doing this and I didn't actually <laughs> think you'd be at that stage where, you know, you'd finish something. But it's so <laughs> professional and amazing looking. Well done. I've put, yes. a, put an image in the show notes oh if anyone God. wants to have a look at uh, Valerie's beautiful macrame. <laughs> yeah, my new obsession. <laughs> that you're staying up till three or four in the morning doing. Yes, yes. Mm. But the next thing I'm going to do is I can't remember if I told you about Rexy's new sofa. No. Have I, have I mentioned Rexy's new sofa? So uh, I have um, – a friend, Louisa, who you also know, who's an interior yes. designer, and yes. she kindly interior designed my mm-hmm. home office. And it's my one indulgence where she, where we designed this bespoke sort of um, day bed kind of sofa sort of thing. And it's um, it's beautiful, and it's it, I love it so much. And it's this beautiful turquoise color, you know, with some you know fantastic cushions. It's also the size of a single bed in case I ever want to have a nap here. And <laughs> it's it's just the most perfect sofa, and I love it so much. And I just love sitting there and reading and doing and that sort of thing. Anyway, uh, a friend of mine, Liz. Point uh, sent me a link about a week or so ago uh, on one of those daily deal sites. It's called Catch of the Day in Australia, mm. and it was a tiny, tiny, tiny sofa. Uh huh. Like, and there was one that looked almost the same as my sofa and in the same color. And I went, "Oh my god, I'll get Rex, my cat, a matching sofa." What about Rocky? Yeah, so I'll, I'll come what? to that. I'll come to that. <laughs> anyway, so got Rex a matching sofa and it arrived and Rex took to it immediately from the minute he got here. I've got there's four pits in this house, but yeah. immediately he And only knew, one got a sofa. Let me I'll come to that. He uh-huh. knew that that was his sofa. He's been he's been doing 101 different poses on the sofa. Of course he knew. I, he's he's like known his whole life that he's the favorite one. <laughs> so as soon as something good comes into the house, you're like, well, it's course it's mine. It doesn't. You guys wouldn't get one. Yes. So I am going to create a little corner, and I'm going to make mini macrame and mini wall hanging. So he has his own little mini living area. How and that? Rocky. Okay, so the weekend had arrived, you know, Rex loved it and everything, and it would seem that Rocky actually did notice and Rocky sooked all weekend. Like he sooked for seriously two days and then I said, Rocky, I'm so sorry, I'm going to buy you a sofa too, and then he cheered up. So he's getting a sofa? He's getting a sofa too. Or did you just tell him just to shut (laughs) him up? No, no, I'm getting a sofa. Two, yeah, two little designer you know, sofas. I feel sorry for Rocky. No, no, no. He's getting his own sofa. He'll probably okay, end up good. with a better sofa. 
I hope so. You need to compensate now. Yes, I know, the guilt. All right, let's move on from my cats. This is not a podcast about pets or small furniture. It is about photography. And, Gina, you have um, some news for us from Andrew Deagle, who is a member of the Gold community. Is that right? Yeah, Andrew Deagle has been busy setting up a a guide for photographers, which he wants to – it's a a concept that he's got where he wants to showcase the work of photographers uh, from around the world and use it as a way for other photographers to find locations. So it'll feature their work and uh, different locations. And what he's – he's running a contest uh, where he's uh, giving away um, uh, like first prize is a Canon 750D with an 18 to 55 lens and a 55 to 2 to 50 millimeter lens so it's a photo yeah. contest and uh the winners actually will get their their photos uh in in the book and uh i think they get their photo on the cover so uh yeah all 25 winners will have their photo featured in the ultimate photographer's guide uh, and uh the website and the hardcover book and calendar so it's www.ultimatephotographersguide.com.au and it's uh competition starts 1st of april and finishes on the 30th of April, if you're interested, 2017, if you're listening in the future. Okay. And, of course, we will put all of these links in the show notes, which you can find at ginamilitia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. All right. We also have something from Ken Bergman. Is that right? Yeah, so so Ken uh, writes that he's uh, he's just joined the group and uh, he has shared an image that uh, that he posted and he wanted a CC of. So maybe Val, you can describe the image. So there's an image of a woman, pretty. Uh, her name is obviously Caitlin, I think. So what? Uh, it's an image. It's just it's a headshot and it's a very tight headshot, but just above the forehead and just below the chin, and. Um, about two thirds of the face is in color, just like a regular um, headshot. But what he's done on the other third is that it's black and white, but there's like a stencil effect on top of it, where he the 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 cutout words of the stencil is the word Caitlin, which I assume is her name, of course. Yeah. And and but so you can see her face underneath through the letters, through basically through the letters, through the yeah. stencil. So um, I think this is a, a really cool idea, and uh, I, I think it's um, uh, you, you've you've executed that well uh, in Photoshop with the text overlay. Uh, what I the, the the only thing that bothers me, and I like the fact that you've converted the image underneath the lettering to black and white. I Ooh. love what you've done with your eyes, and he writes in his post that Mike Hickman from the uh, podcast community helped him with uh, some a few tips on eye sharpening and that's what goes on in the podcast community all the time everyone seems to be helping each other with great pointers and uh, it's uh, it's it's been really good so the eyes really stand out particularly in black and white so that's great the probably the only thing I'd change is um 
I'm not sure about the black around the letterings. I I think it's a bit heavy. I'd maybe go with a a different shade, maybe a tone from the hair, maybe like a browner, a warmer tone rather than the heavy black. And Mm. I'd probably move uh, the the stencil across so that it came down her nose and it split the image down the middle because it's something like seeing her uh, whole nose and just splitting a third of her face. For some reason, for me, I just... um, um, I just think it'd look a, like a lot cleaner with this sort of text overlay if it was split down the middle. What do you think, Val? Visually, I think that definitely into the black is a little bit um, uh, strong, and I do agree that the color would make a little bit more would would look a little bit better if it was um, another color picked up from within the image, whether it is the color of the hair or even the color of her lips or the um, eyes or the, the eyes. Yes, yeah, work as well um i actually would go the other way i think he needs to try it in terms of where to split it to either split it halfway or split it less in fact um because i maybe it's the 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 darkness of the black makes it a little bit dominating and it um you know she's such a sweet um girl i would probably just have uh, I would probably have less of the stencil, in fact. What if he what if he ghosted the stencil a bit so that more of the face came through? Like I get that the, mm. the lettering comes out through the cutout the, the face comes out through the cutout, but what if the, the solid part, the black part, was ghosted twenty percent so a little bit more came through? That might work yeah, as well. That yeah, that could yeah, be better, yeah. yeah. So just a bit less harsh, that's all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but it's a great great effect. Yeah. Mm. Now, this week's topic is awesome. It is, it's about planning your photo shoots and how to avoid a disaster on your photo shoot. Is that right? That's right. And this is a uh, listener-inspired topic. So Kevin sent in uh, an email to me and he said, hey, Gina, um, have an idea for a topic for a podcast, disaster and how to avoid it. So you're preparing (laughs) for a portrait shoot, you have everything set up and your lens dies. How do you make do with the one that you have left? Love the show, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, that's great, Kevin. Um, Hopefully we don't have too many disasters, but it's always good to be prepared because you just never know. Stuff that's outside of your control can happen. So where do we start on this one, Gina? So I want to talk about, like, Val, have you ever, like, sat up the front of the plane where you get to see the pilots preparing for uh, takeoff? Or have yes. you ever, like, you have, or, or, or like when you watch uh, a movie and you get to see pilots preparing and on the many TV shows that you watch, do you ever watch, uh, do you like the medical dramas where you see, like, doctors preparing for open-heart surgery? Yes. Or I know you love a, a police drama where you see a police officer or, you know, fireman preparing to, to go to work out, like the police officers, like the drill that they have with their, their firearms, like what they have to do and they check the safety and they've got this whole routine that they have to go through every day before they go out on the beat and the pilot in particular like they've got this whole routine that they go through um before the plane 
they check every single instrument, every single button. So does a surgeon. They check that they've got like all their bits and the scalpel and everything's in the right place before they'll even go into surgery. Yes. And this is because these jobs, very high stakes, Val. So yes. the pilot's not having a good day and he forgets to check the doozy whatsy gigahooza. Yeah, the juicy watsy gigahooza. Do you know the only um, term I know on a plane is slats deploy? Okay. The slats deploy. How about- and cross-check. They always no, say no, cross-check. No, deploy because I read a Michael Crichton book once, which was about uh, called Airframe, about okay. planes, and I learned about slats. This, that's the only term I remembered. And then once <laughs> I was uh, on a plane by myself flying back <laughs> late at night and because I was by myself, they said the pilot wants to know if you want to come out the front and yes. fly out the front. So I went there. It was very oh. odd. Right. <laughs> I was sitting there and I'm like – I said, you guys don't do much. You just sit here. And I said, is is that the slats deploy? And he was very impressed. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> so what we're saying, very high stakes, and if they make a mistake, well, there's a lot of people's lives at stake. Same for a surgeon. You know, if he makes a mistake, you know, someone could – not make it and same with the police officer if they make a mistake as well so they prepare they over prepare for everything and you probably think there must be days when they go I can't be bothered doing all of this you know it was fine yesterday why isn't it going to be fine today right I think that with photography, whilst it's not life and death that we get the shot, sometimes if we don't get the shot, it can feel like a death foul, you know. <laughs> it's that, the, like, the emotions are that strong. And so I think it's important that uh, to avoid disaster that you do implement these sorts of checks before you go out and don't leave anything to chance and uh, make sure that you have a little routine and uh, it might be that you have a camera and a lens and a battery and one memory card, but like which was probably what you had and that remember that day that we had to get a rushed shot? Which and I made day? you go get your camera and I was at your place. Oh, yeah. We were drinking champagne, but there was this magic sunset. Yeah. I, and I get the camera, Val. Yeah. Uh, there's no battery. <laughs> and then there was like, where's the memory card? Duh. Where's the memory card? Um, and so, and this is the thing, but if you have like this routine that every time you put the camera away, you make sure that the memory cards go back with the camera, the battery goes back to being charged, you know where everything is. So, what I recommend is that as a start that you when you list all the gear that you own that goes into your camera bag, make a list and yeah. keep that list in your camera bag. As you buy a new uh, item, add it to the list mm. and then make sure that you uh, have, a, a, have a certain routine that you do, like you make sure that your card readers go back into the bag, your cards are formatted and ready to go so that you're not getting to a spot and the card's full and you can't remember if you've downloaded that stuff or not and then you format the card and you've just lost everything, you know. Mm. Make sure that all your uh, – uh, cords and accessories are where they should be and your batteries are charged and you always have, uh, you know, camera batteries and spare batteries. And the one mm. thing that I do that makes life a lot easier is I always pack my camera bag 
in exactly the same order. So everything goes in the same spot. So after a while, when I look into my bag, I know that there's something missing at a glance because there's a gap there and I know, oh, my my light meter isn't there or my box of batteries is missing. So I'll make sure that that, that goes back into the same spot. So that's a, a really, uh, I think that's a crucial part of shooting and making sure that uh, you're not going to have any disasters before you go out on a shoot, just knowing and yeah. having these checks in place. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Good. Good All advice. Right, so- The next thing uh, I want to talk about is a planning to fail and then working backwards. Planning to fail and working backwards. Okay, so various various scenarios where we'd plan to fail. So if you were planning a shoot where um, you say you were shooting with uh, three flashes, Okay. okay, So you're planning your shoot, you're going to have three flashes. So plan the scenario now in your head before you go out. Okay, well, I've got three flashes that I know are working. What if one of them breaks? What would I do? Mm -hmm. What if a a flash uh, stopped working? Could I still do this shot with two lights and maybe have a contingency of a a two-light scenario for that shot. So that's the the planning to fail and working backwards, all right? Um, If you're shooting an event like a wedding or um, a a social event, and for all of those, I recommend if you're shooting a wedding, I I think it's really important. Uh, If you're shooting an event that can never be repeated again, like a wedding, I would yep. recommend that you have two bodies and minimum of two lenses. And so, you know, if you're being paid to shoot someone's wedding, if you don't have a second uh, camera a body and I don't have a second lens, uh, I would hire or find uh, some friends who that you can maybe share resources with and have that second body on standby just in case. It's very rare that a camera will pack up and die uh, mid-shoot, but mm. well, it happens. So yes. if you've got that backup, then you know. So there's your contingency for a wedding. What happens if one of my cameras uh, cacks it <laughs> during the shoot? Cack it mm. is a – that's an Aussie term, isn't it, Val? You yes. don't hear that said very often. But, no. you know, you have a contingency. Yes, I have a second camera and body and I've also got a spare lens uh, just in case. So I've been caught out with uh, a lens, uh, lenses uh, stopping working when I'm, I've been overseas. So like, yeah. it, happens, it happens all the time. Yeah. Uh, also allow for uh, spare batteries and sometimes uh, if you're shooting with flash, uh, do you have a spare lights that you could use so if you were working in a studio and you were using studio lighting I and I told the story a, a few weeks ago on the podcast I was doing a big shoot it was like a six or seven light shoot and one light went and yeah. I had the spare light the spare light went and I happened to have the spare spare and the spare 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 Val. right yes <laughs> so I got down to the third spare because it was just one of those um 
things where gremlins got in, just like before we started podcasting, where there was a gremlin in Skype somehow. Mm. But things happen, don't they? They where do. Where you can't explain and, uh, you know, those lights are probably all working fine, but for some reason on the day stuff went wrong and I had backups. Now, you don't always have um backups. So sometimes it's a good idea to uh, work, sort of work out a way that you can have uh, backup gear. And so that's often to have maybe uh, friends to rely on that can give you uh, um, a hand if you need to, like you can call on them and say, Dave, my light just cacked itself. Can you, can I borrow yours? Uh, and, And they're like nearby, or you might have, if you've got studio flashes, you might have spare speed lights. Now, the young newos are like 70 bucks, Val, for one light. And so, and and what happens is when we buy gear as photographers, often we start out with uh, the cheaper kit. You might get the the most inexpensive camera or lens and inexpensive lighting like uh, flash gear. And then we'll upgrade at some point. And a lot of photographers like will uh, trade in that old gear or, or get rid of it, but they don't get much money for it. I'd say hang on to it and have that as the spare. You know, mm. so if you get if you had your, your young Nuo flash and you used it for a while, but then you wanted to upgrade to maybe you know the Nikon version or the Canon version of that flash, just because you wanted something a bit more durable, don't get rid of the spare young Nuo. Keep it in your kit. Mm. It's the spare. You know, it's the just in case. And the same goes for the lens. So you might have the entry level camera with a kit lens. That could be the second body that you use for weddings uh, as as your just in case uh, because those cameras are pretty good. Anyway, and uh, it's better than having nothing at all if your camera decides to stop working or your lens decides to stop working. So uh, that's uh, the workaround basically is uh, have a spare, build a, a way to shoot in a style that's also uh, fail-proof. So if I'm shooting Mm. with Phil Flash, what I do is uh, I like to shoot in a style that uh, if the Phil Flash doesn't work, I'm still going to have a shot. So if for some reason Hmm. the flash decides to stop firing and I'm shooting, my exposure is still going to be good enough uh, to to use that image without having the fill flash. The fill flash basically is just a little dook of light into the face. That's how yeah. I like to shoot. Dook. And if yeah, and so if sometimes the flash doesn't work, I can actually still use that image, and it's still good. It's just like not super good because of yeah. the the. But it's still you get something and uh, you cover yourself in case stuff goes wrong. So think of ways that you can shoot so that your images are fail-proof and think of scenarios where, like, you know, plan for those scenarios. Okay, well, let me get some safeties here or what happens if – I'm going to a situation where I've relied on fill flash. How would, how could I shoot this with available light? Which brings me to my next point. Mm. Learn to use your cameras at very, very high ISOs so that you're not having to rely on any artificial light. So 
if mm. something happens and um, your flashes stop working, you are able to use available light to create the shot that you want and you might be able to just have to improvise and rather than using fill flash, you might have to use a torch or, you know, I've seen um, people light faces using the light from an iPhone or they've gra- they grab yeah. a um a lamp from somewhere and use that it like this all works and and uh like it might be time to macgyver something it's a good idea to have uh some sort of um torch or um led set up in your kit anyway as a just in case and you can get some very cheap versions of these lights uh now anyway so it's a good idea to have those in your kit that you can use for those emergencies uh next thing about have a little black book of contacts that you can call on if you need a favor in emergency so like like what kind of so um get to know like shopping online is fantastic but if you're Mm -hmm. going to be photographing a lot and you're moving into the commercial side of things it's a really good idea to have a few connections within the photographic industry so the the good old-fashioned camera store like dave who works at the camera store uh I, i can't tell you how many times i was helped out by uh the the guys that i like i bought my gear from that i was you know in a pinch i'd like i could call them and say okay my lights didn't turn up at the airport what can you do it's like no worries we'll get you another kit and they'll they'll rush something because because there's the relationship you know so and it's also um this is a sort of this is why i encourage photographers to make friends with other photographers and i'm seeing this a lot in the Facebook podcast community, Val, where mm-hmm. like people are starting to form uh, really nice uh, friendships there and I can see that like, you know, if someone needed help, then it might be that, you know, someone might, you know, lend someone an umbrella if they needed a spare one for a shoot or something like that or could, or, you know, find someone who was nearby and it's often like social media is amazing. I've seen photographers put call outs it's like my lights didn't arrive can anyone help me and then you know the photography community is really good that way but I think it's important to develop that network and just uh, have someone that can save you back and of course you do it for them in the um you know the circumstances were reversed of course yes all right so um what would be a uh, an emergency in the uh writing world Val where there would be a call out <laughs> other writers what would you need what would what would happen well maybe if you were to um you know you were scheduled to interview someone and that that person just simply cannot change the time because maybe they're just flying in from overseas briefly or whatever and you Uh, can't make it so you might need to call on one of your mates and say hey can you do the interview for me or the other thing that I always noticed and I always stressed about for the journos that I worked mm. with was there, um, I said, okay, this whole interview comes down to what you get on that little recording device. Yeah, tape And recorder. everyone was forever stressing and testing that, t- testing yes. one, two, two, and making sure yes. that was working. So I guess if your tape recorder stopped working at the last minute, the call out would go, has anyone got a spare tape recorder? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so also when you're shooting portraits, there can be uh, wardrobe and hair 
uh, hair and makeup malfunctions. So I recommend that you keep an emergency just-in-case kit for if you're going to be serious and doing a lot of portraits. So in, in that, I would include a sewing kit in case someone splits their pants or mm. it might be that a hem falls down, uh, a lint brush to get rid of, uh, you know, dust and lint on clothes. Little things like bulldog clips are so valuable for shoots because it's often clothes don't fit well. The little bulldog clips you can just clip in the back of a suit so suddenly an oversized jacket becomes a a fitted jacket and little things like white sheets if you've got you know um a bride and the ground it's suddenly poured and the ground's very muddy that Mm. can um, save everyone and you know especially if they've got those new beautiful two thousand dollar white shoes they don't want to be stepping through the mud do they no (laughs) (laughs) so another thing that's um I think going to save everyone, and this is what I have been noticing a lot in the gold community, Val, and this is what Mm. people have been posting the most, and Mm. I see the results from this, is everyone is now being planning their shots before they get out there. And not by, by planning, I don't mean, oh, so this is what I'm going to do. No, testing. So first yes. they plan. First there's a diagram of what they're thinking and we go through that, don't we, Val, yep. and talk yep. about lighting and maybe, you know, everyone's suggesting other lighting styles. But then the next stage is to do test shots and mm. sometimes the test shots involve uh, other people where they'll go out, they'll go to the location that they had in mind, they'll photograph the the location, they'll get someone in to be a stand-in and they'll test the lighting. And I can't t- the people that get the best results are the ones that did the most pre-shoot and pre-testing and it's like I've seen some phenomenal results that way and it's really good because it's like where and and I think I think a lot of photographers uh coming up get the idea that like if you're a professional or you're um, really good at your craft, it means that you should be able to walk into any scenario and nail it really quickly and that makes you a good photographer. And whilst that that can be true and there are a lot of photographers that, that can do that, can just go into any, any location and bang out a great shot, I can tell you now that it's like – Given the time and the ability to workshop something, mm. uh, I think every photographer wishes they had time to test and play and yes. finesse lighting. And the higher up you go in photography and when you're getting to uh, advertising photography where they're getting mega, mega bucks to do those mm. shoots, it might be that they're given three or four days to light a couple of shots and so yeah. basically it's set it up talk about it put a light in tweak it talk about it some more and it takes ages until the shot is built and looks amazing so yeah. the planning it's all comes down to the planning and the more you plan and the more detail you go into the planning the better your shot's going to be so if you've got the time and I think it's great as I think everyone should have a little setup in their front room spare room bedroom kitchen wherever you've got space kitchen table where you uh, get a mannequin's head and uh, set up your your lighting scenario and just do tests well what if I try you know split lighting or what if I try three lights or maybe it's 
one light or maybe I'll try it daylight yeah. and take notes and uh, notice what happens when you um, tweak the lights, where you position your lights. Uh, a good shot, it's not chance has very little to do with it it's all about how much you put into it and the more you put into it uh the better your shot's going to look and all the learning happens in the doing Val it's like that's when everything you go oh now I get it like I move my light closer it's softer it changes and when I change the direction slightly this happens and uh you know then when you actually get to the doing the shot for reels. It's like, you know, um, singers do the sound check, Val, don't they? Yeah. They don't just go out on stage and just belt out like I'm sure, um, you know, Adele could probably just belt out the song, but I'm sure she likes to do a sound check. I wish Mm -hmm. I saw her when she was in Australia. I'm really disappointed I didn't go. Mm -hmm. I love her. Anyway, um, not a fan, Val. (laughs) (laughs) She's good, yeah. You just prefer your musicals, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Other things. (laughs) (laughs) So, but like they get out there and they do the sound check, they make sure and they rehearse and then, you know, well, musical theatre, Val, and musicals, they know they like they do uh, tech rehearsals as well, so yep. that the lighting crew and uh, all the actors and, and performers of the show know where their exact mark is, so that they'll be lit right, and they tweak and they tweak and they tweak, and there might be several tech rehearsals before the actual production to make sure everything happens and goes, you know, as smoothly as possible. So yeah. It shouldn't be any different for a good photo shoot. Now, as you get better and you do these shoots again and again and again, uh, what happens is you like each shoot that you do is like a re- the rehearsal for the next shoot you do, and mm. so the next one is even better. But you're improving on the lighting. You should be, you know, tweaking and improving on what you did last time. So. Um, I think do as much rehearsing as possible and then even on the day of the shoot you're rehearsing again and uh, finessing your lighting from there. And uh, finally, Val. Yes. Uh, so you always have a plan B. So you want to have a contingency for weather. So know that like if you're shooting on location, what do we do if it rains or if it's mm-hmm. really windy? Is there another location? All right. And um, and make sure that you – well, if, if it, it is that place, well, we can go to this spot and we've talked about this in other podcasts where there might be an underground car park you can go to or find a strip shopping centre or find – a, a good uh, a plan B so that you're not um, on the day going, oh, my God, it's raining. Well, what do we do? Just have that plan B. So you're planning for, for things going wrong and you know you have a contingency just in case. And uh, the, the final thing uh, is – if you're working with poses and you're posing people, uh, take the pressure of your, off yourself and keep all those poses on your phone or in your pocket in a notebook mm. so that you can have a list of spare poses just in case whoever you're photographing is like loving the shoot so much and they just said, oh, well, let's do more and then you've just, you know, used up the three <laughs> that you normally mm. work with but you've mm. got another three of the, you know, the backup. The plan yeah. B, just in case you've got another three that you can bust out so you're sort of not left hanging. 
Yeah, I love it. Okay, fantastic. And it's so true, though, what you were saying about you really do the, – the, the planning and the test shots are really what – is going to guarantee you um, a good result when it comes to the final shot, especially when, you know, what at all levels, but certainly especially when you're, you know, an emerging photographer. I know that um, the ones where I actually bother to set it up the day before or even just the morning of or whatever and and try different scenarios I always know that it goes quicker <laughs> I mean I get the shot much more efficiently when it comes time to do it and it's just a better shot than when I just kind of try and wing it yeah exactly so it definitely definitely I think that it's the the test shot and and planning of course it is vital and it was certainly avoids those things but or all of this really means that we always need to think about our plan B's and yes. not just hope and pray that the rain's going to hold off or hope and yes. pray that all our equipment is going to um, work. It's always a matter of what's your plan B? Have a plan B for every 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 major scenario. Love exactly. it. All right, yes, and I do like, I absolutely think that it's a really good idea to have the emergency just-in-case kit um, because even if you do have a stylist and a hair and makeup artist and, you know, have that luxury, it's still useful to have all of those things. But a lot of times when we're um, doing photography, we don't necessarily have a stylist or a hair and makeup artist. So it is good to have things like, you know, a sewing kit in case there is a more, a, a, a wardrobe malfunction, um, Make sure and, you yep. do check for lint because I find that there are certain – I've worked with many photographers. There are many photographers who will check for lint. There are, there are two types of people in the world, the type that check for lint and the type that don't. <laughs> <They're> just, <laughs> right, well, Valerie, that's a quote that should go on, a, that should go on an Instagram post. <laughs> it's true. My friend Louisa, uh, she, you know, who we mentioned earlier, you know her, she's yeah. the type that checks for lint. She's like she picking lint off. Whereas I have two fluffy white cats yeah. and I live with two fluffy white cats. I've given up checking for yeah. lint and fluffy things because mm-hmm. I'd be just removing lint, uh, fluffy things all day. So mm-hmm. you do, you need to, uh, you know, if I am shooting someone though I or, or styling a, a shoot or producing a shoot, I really have to t- put that hat on and make sure I'm looking at those things and I always make sure I know, okay, I, well, I don't, have I don't carry a lint brush but I will always have sticky tape and so I'll use sticky tape exactly to get, but it's to get the lint off it sounds like something so trivial and I'm sure people are thinking oh my god lint is two seconds in photoshop sure but imagine if you've got 400 photos with lint mm. on everybody's shoulders <laughs> that you have to then do and suddenly that two-second Photoshop action becomes, you know, uh, four hours of work. The other thing to add to the kit, Val, is those little tiny screwdrivers and um, Allen, those, are they called Allen keys that uh, uh, for, for tripods and uh, little malfunctions with uh, camera gear so that you can open stuff and screw things up and things like that. So have a little toolkit as well yeah absolutely absolutely great advice all right well that brings us to the end of this week's uh episode what are you doing in the coming week uh i'm i'm off to india val (laughs) but before you're off to india you're going to see me 
That's right. We're going to hang out, aren't we? We're hanging we're out in a couple ha- of days. Yes, we're hanging out in a couple of days, and I'm taking you out on a surprise. I know. I'm not sure. Gina's been trying to get this out of me. I've got no idea what it is. No idea. I've just said you just meet at this time, at this place. and uh, Yes. (laughs) And Gina's got no idea, but all will be revealed (laughs) in an upcoming episode, I'm sure. So it'll be good. I'm looking forward to catching up with you. So in the meantime, where do we find you online, Gina? So I'm at GinaMilitia.com, that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A and at GinaMilitia on Twitter and at GinaMilitia on Instagram, Val. Fantastic. You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram where you can see lots of shots of my macrame. <laughs> and the favourite, Rexy's. <laughs> and, and my cat. Well, only cats not, and Rocky not, gets not nothing. Not many shots of the macrame. I've only posted one. Uh, but, yes, of my cat Rex. And um, uh, if we would love you to uh, join the newsletter, Gina's fantastic newsletter, which comes out every couple of weeks, lots of um, uh, great insight into her experiences as a photographer, especially um, the mindset of photography and how to uh, be successful as a photographer. So join up at GinaMilitia.com. And, um, yeah, that's that's the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening and we look forward oh, to Gina chatting challenge, to you again. Gina Challenge. Oh yeah, yeah. We forgot hashtag Gina Challenge. So you have a think about that, Gina, because every week we have a hashtag Gina Challenge and we have a particular theme or topic and you can interpret that theme or topic however you like, and then we upload photos in line with that theme or topic. Now, in the past, we've had things like grunge or black and white or um, uh, peach. What was the, what was the last one? Show us your pics was my personal <laughs> favourite. Show us your pics. <laughs> um, it's my favourite ever. Yes, show us your pics. Uh, and, and we upload them into the Facebook group, and that's a free Facebook group for you to join. Just go to Facebook and search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook, request to join and we'd love to see you in there um, and that's where we share our photos and ask each other's questions and also provide feedback um, for each other's work as well if we want. What is hashtag Gina challenge this week? Failproof. Oh, okay. That's going to be an interesting one to yes, see how people we'll interpret, see how they that. interpret that. Yes. So put hashtag Gina challenge, hashtag fail proof. We'd love to she, to, to she. I was thinking <laughs> we'd love you to show us your pics. Show us your pics. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.